Hey, it's Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. It saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in to Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Olm. Welcome to Founders Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Yob Vonderfort of Remote.com. Welcome, Yob. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. We are, we are, before we turn the mics on, we were reminiscing about our childcare issues this morning. <laughs> we both, we're both in the same place in life here with young children. Uh, so thank you for making time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, do you want to just tell the audience a little bit about Remote and retrace your career a little bit so everyone knows how you had the idea to start the company? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a background originally in neuroscience, um, but I ended up working at GitLab. Uh, I was there at the founding of the company. And uh, we grew that company from five to, when I left, about 500 employees. And the way we did that is that, you know, in the beginning, we had people in a few different countries when we founded the con- uh, company. So we couldn't find an office. So we figured, well, you know, we're just not going to have an office and we're just going to hire the best person we could find independent of where they live. Um and so we did that, and we did that until we were 500 people, and it worked extremely well. There were so many benefits to having a distributed team. It was very easy to find people. They were relatively inexpensive to hire relative to you know Silicon Valley levels, even though we paid everybody really, really well. And it was just overall great. There was one thing that wasn't great, which is every time we would find someone that uh, was living in a country where we never hired someone before, we had to figure out how to pay them and how to provide them benefits and how to be lo- you know, locally compliant. Uh, that was a huge, huge challenge. And the reality is that until the day that I left, we never found a great solution. And the solutions that we found, they were all very expensive. They were hard to work with. Um, and, and and just not the kind of thing you want to do when you're building, in our case, uh, a software company. You know, We just wanted to build software. And now we, had to, you know, we were knees deep into bureaucracy. Um, so I left GitLab specifically to found Remote, and the idea behind it was that I wanted to give more organizations the power to build companies like GitLab that are fully distributed, where you have people all over the world, um, which you know has all those benefits that I mentioned. Um, and so I uh, I asked Marcelo to join me, who's my best friend. He's a CTO at Remote, and we founded Remote uh, about two years ago in uh, early 2019. And the goal was very simple. Uh, you should be able to come to Remote as a founder of a business and tell us, well, I want to hire Jane. She lives in Portugal. I don't have an entity in Portugal. I know nothing about Portugal, but I want to hire her. And it should be as easy as signing up to Twitter. Um, and so we spent 
about a year and a half building the infrastructure and the software to start to be able to do that. Um, and luckily, since about a year, we are actually able to do that uh, in uh, tens of different countries around the world. So that means that you can come to remote, you can say, I want to hire this person. You just give us their email address. We'll take in their information. It's all in an app. It looks pretty. It's easy. It's very simple. And then we just invoice you every month. And what we do is we take care of payroll, we take care of benefits and any other compliance or tax related matters related to hiring someone in any country in the world, really. It's an amazing story and something that is so in demand now, especially like at Cruise, we've been we've been working hiring remotely for three years. So we're kind of used to it. And we hire people all around the globe too. But the most most startups we work with have started thinking about this when as soon as COVID hit, you know, like I think a lot of companies maybe had a couple contractors somewhere, but then when COVID hit, it really turbocharged the trend you're on. And I mean, have you seen that? Has it been just like this crazy hockey stick of growth? It's interesting because we only started doing sales in April last year. So COVID was already <laughs> paying. People were already working from home. But I, I, I think that, you know, it's objectively our company is doing extremely well. And the growth is yeah. really fast. I think a year ago we had maybe 15 employees internally. And today we're about 130. So, oh my yeah. gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's you guys are probably so good at onboarding employees. And I mean, GitLab is legendary for like their handbook, for the working remote and things like that. But I think I, just so people can really understand the alternative of something like remote, which, you know, sometimes founders get bad advice and they'll set up like a legal entity themselves in another country. And you start doing that a couple of times and it gets really expensive. It's super <laughs> distracting. And people don't know this, but when you have a subsidiary in another country, you have to file extra forms on your tax return, the 5471s, which is like an informational return for a foreign subsidiary. The IRS wants to know that. And so your taxes get way more complicated. Whereas if like if they just would have known about remote, they could have just worked with you immediately, hired people very quickly, not had to worry about the tax consequences in these situations like it's pretty nice right yeah and you know i think the thing that you mentioned is like the least of what i would mention as one of the concerns i think the greatest concerns are you have to be locally compliant so you have to yeah. run local payroll you have to understand local lo yep. labor laws you have to file taxes locally as well right if you have an entity somewhere you have to act and that entity has to like operate independently in a particular way. So you have to do something with like, how does the money get into that country? Do you have the right currency? Do you have a local bank account, which is almost always required? And so you quickly get into a situation where just for one subsidiary in a particular country, you have to do a lot of really complicated things. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really far away from just running your business. It's And it's, it's often very bureaucratic. You know, I have a notary visiting my house every single week just to sign documents because otherwise we wouldn't be able to get stuff done. And of course, we made it our business to solve these kind of things. But it, that would happen if you just set up, you know, a few different entities. It's really, yeah. really complex. Yeah, because you can't just to reiterate what you said, like you can't be a startup and pay people through payroll in another country unless you have an entity. And of course, because the government wants their payroll tax, like a lot of times people think about the government's revenues being the end of the year taxes on profits. But payroll taxes are a huge revenue source for every government across the world. And so they want that. And they're not going to let you set up a bank account pretty much in every country. You need to have some, the banks are required to ask for an entity before right. they let you start a bank account. And so what you're doing just really speaks to me because 
Um, you've made it super simple. You made it virtual. And there's something which I was talking to uh, another team member of yours a couple weeks ago, and they were telling me about how the fact that you guys own every entity in every country is actually a pretty big competitive advantage. Do you want to kind of explain the compliance aspect of that? As I was describing, we need to have those entities ourselves. And what typically is happening in this market is that there's someone that owns an entity. Like let's say John has an entity in Portugal and then we as remote could go and say, John, can we use your entity to employ people through us? And that model, which is very most commonly used, we decided to not do. And the reason for that is one, transparency. We want that if our customers employ someone to remote, it says remote and not something else. And two, we want it to be fully vertically integrated. So meaning we can control every aspect of employment, of payroll, of taxes, and of compliance. And the only way to truly guarantee that is if you own everything yourself. And so when we started remote, we went on a mission to, to do this for every country in the world. Uh, today, we're in about 30 countries. By the end of the year, we expect to be in about uh, 80. Wow. Um, and to do that, it has cost an immense amount of money and an immense amount of blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> it's a really, really, really hard thing to do and really hard yeah. thing to maintain as well. But for us, it means that we can really, you know, truly vertically integrate. And that means that we can onboard someone really, really quickly. It means that we have experts in-house for every country, because this is one of the hardest things. You know, you say, well, I want to hire Jane. Uh, she lives in Portugal. Uh, just do it for me. And these are the health benefits that we have. But the reality is that Portugal has particular statutory requirements and totally. particular compliance rules and particular labor laws. You have to comply with all of those. Otherwise, you as the employer get a fine by the government. And so remote is set up to protect you from all of that. We are actually a liable employer. And we build a business in a way that we actually know what those risks are. And so that we not only can protect you, but also Jane and ourselves. Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting. And before we get back to the podcast, quick shout out to ChartHop. ChartHop is one of my favorite new SaaS tools on the market. And basically what ChartHop does is it puts your org chart in the cloud. And I always like to say, like, it brings transparency to your organization. And so, you know, everyone in your organization can see who they report to. They can see the full org chart of the company and how their group relates to other groups. It also has a lot of information on the individuals in the company. And so you can click on the chart out profile and just get like where people live, their experience, you know, Slack handles, all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really great tool. The other thing is ChartOp has started doing some cool stuff around compensation and budgeting planning. And so you can actually start seeing like what the cost structure of the company look like during certain kind of scenarios. So I'm loving ChartOp. Check it out, chartop.com. We use it at Cruise. Really like it. And I can't recommend it enough. All right, back to the podcast. Just for folks that don't know, there's other, like, I'll get emails or other firms in, that call themselves a global PEO will pitch me and they'll say, like, oh, we've got, we're in every country across the United States yeah. or <laughs> excuse me, every country across the world. Yeah. But what, what they're, when I drill into it, what they're really doing is white labeling another outsourcer's. Yeah entity. Sometimes it's an outsourcer of an outsourcer. Yeah. And so you're like three degrees of separation away from actually knowing exactly what's happening, knowing you're compliant because like, they're not really thinking about like the, what I like about your model is that the fact that you own that entity, you're very focused on actually doing the compliance well and not creating risk for yourself. So there's a benefit that both parties are very aligned versus like the outsourcer of an outsourcer 
they don't really care. They're just yeah. trying to like get the contract signed and boom, boom, boom. Let's move fast. So I, I think, I think I really like the way you guys are doing it because you're thoughtful about it. You're taking the long-term approach. And I think also like the, forget like the compliance and doing that correctly. All the other aspects of the service are going to be so much better long-term because you are vertically integrated. Like, are you seeing that? Like little things that you can, you have that playbook that you're going across all the other countries across the world. Like, are you seeing little synergies or little benefits that you've learned from other countries? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we go into a country and and local legislator tell, tells us, well, you cannot do that here. That model doesn't exist. And we say, well, but like we have all your neighboring countries, and this is how we went there. And actually, this like competitive dynamic between uh, countries tends to uh, work, yeah. work in our favor. Yeah, and beyond that, you know, it's little things, but they make, as you said, they they have this great cascading effect, like onboarding someone it tends to take many weeks of time with in in this market and we tend to be able to do it within a few hours because we just centralize everything we have all the information we have all the people on our side and so what then like the one thing that tends to hold up these processes is something that we can't control that it's like you have to file something in a particular government and then just wait (laughs) you know that's the only thing but on our side we can optimize extremely well and we have a clear side like what is happening why is something happening and when is is something happening but i love that you have that experience and you can actually walk i'm sure there's some competitive pressure with the governments but also probably just the aspect of being able to like nicely kindly walk them through how some of the other countries in their region were able to do this. Because I, I think every government across the world wants, especially like high paying technology, software development, hardware development, you know, designer types of jobs. So some of them just probably don't know exactly how this can be done, haven't thought about it enough. And so you're bringing actually this expertise around the globe, which is opening up their economies. And I mean, I, I've grown up in Silicon Valley, I've worked in Silicon Valley forever you're starting these little network effects all over the world. And 10 years from now, it's going to be really impressive. Like how, you know, you guys are kind of like the ignition for all these different markets. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually employ a lot of executives as well. When we started remote, we thought, well, it's, it's going to be software engineers, but it's it's all over the board. And more and more, we hear from governments directly reach out to us like, hey, we want to talk to you, which is, which is very exciting. I'm curious to see where it will go. I, I think we'll be in every country in the world within the next five years or so. Yeah. So yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be. All right. Well, I'll look forward to working from Fiji. Uh, for <laughs> thing. That'll be my, do, do you see, do you guys have like a, a heat map of all the countries across the world? You can see how many, like you can see the most popular places that people are choosing to work for, especially in, in COVID. I'm sure there's like people in Fiji and people in, you know, all the exotic locations. We see people all over. I, you know, it's not very surprising, unfortunately, in the map. Like it's, you know, English speaking countries are still very, very high. And, you know, the countries where you think there's going to be a lot of people, that is exactly where, where you see them. But we see more and more people like moving to the middle of nowhere somewhere, which has been very interesting to see, you know, like so, some people living in the middle of Scotland somewhere, uh, close to nothing. Um, wow. That's been very nice to see. Yeah. Or like myself, I, I live far away from the city center. There's nothing around our house. There's a few other houses, but like, there's nothing interesting here. So, yeah. We've seen that in the United States with our employee base and our client employee base, people moving to like Wyoming, Montana, you know, all over the United States. It's, it's been really cool. You, I know you got to go here in a second, but what's one thing you learned from your GitLab journey that you've been able to apply at remote as you guys are growing so fast? 
how to build a remote company. I think <laughs> it's a pretty broad thing, but that I, I think that's the main thing we took away. At GitLab, we experimented a lot. We learned a lot. We iterated a lot on how to build this kind of organization, how to scale it up and do so really quickly. At this point, remote is growing faster than GitLab did when it was this size. Wow. And uh, it's been very good to have had that experience because I think there's a lot of early investments that I made, particularly in like people and, and, and creating trust and creating an, a particular company culture that, yeah, I, I, at GitLab, we wished we had done earlier. And by now, yeah. of course, things are fine. But yeah, so that, that has been very, very valuable. Over-investing in people is, is not really a thing. You, you, and so we invested very much in, in people and making sure they're happy and healthy. I love it. I, I'm the same. Like, especially in a remote company, communication becomes so important. And fostering, you know, Slack, Zoom, any kind of type of communication is just so, so important. Uh, Job, thank you so much for your time. Can you tell everyone how to, you know, just reiterate how, if they're looking for a global PEO services, where they can reach out to you and how to find remote? Yeah, it's very easy. Remote.com. And if you want to reach out to me directly, it's Job, like as in a, a job at remote.com. It's very easy. Job, thank you so much. Godspeed with your children. Thanks Hang in there. You're almost there. And, uh, and thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. I'm in. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Old.